Thank you for joining us on episode four of our We Watched Watchmen. <laughs> yes, wow. here still, we go. You still, still doing that. WWW. Uh, we <laughs> watch Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Of course, every single week when Falcon and Winter Soldier drops, you can expect to be able to listen to our thoughts about the show here on We Watch. Before we move forward to talk about this absolute banger of an episode, we do have to remind you guys that if you are curious about these characters or any other characters, comic book wise, you can always find our thoughts about them, whether it's weekly on the Comics Pals or through our book reviews or our WeWatch series. We're always covering these characters wherever you can find them. So check us out. While you're doing that, make sure that you're subscribing to us on YouTube or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, you can write in at the comicspals at gmail.com. And if you want to continue the conversation with us beyond this, this show, you can do so by joining our Discord server, a link to which is in the description. Now, let's jump right into it. So this is episode four of Falcon Winter Soldier. The world is watching. Joining me to speak about this episode are Phil. Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. And Kale. I'm ready to beat the shit out of some motherfuckers. Let's go. Are you a flag smasher, Kel? I'm a flag smasher. Oh, no. So this show has, it's only got six six episodes. So it's been moving, I would say, pretty quickly through things. And episode four gave us a ton of, of answers. And I think it really ratcheted things up to the next level uh i haven't heard from you guys in a little while on this on this series uh but how did you feel about this episode in terms of the way that it that it you know shook things up you know it's funny i didn't realize until after i watched the episode that this was only gonna be six episodes and i kept thinking like how are they gonna stretch this out for four more episodes because it's moving (laughs) yeah the last yeah oh we are like all the major pieces here are kind of uh, closing in on one another and we'll get into it. But the closing shot of this episode, my great, stars, great cinematography. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a very good looking show. And uh, I definitely want to highlight the director, Kari Skoglund, um, for this episode. Just a tremendous job. Absolutely tremendous job. Yeah, it, it, it's it looks good. It's you know, with with this setup, it could have been really schlocky with like the dialogue, and the dialogue is just really well done too. It it it's mm. this is a strong delivery for for Marvel, I think, for for the MCU. Yeah, Kale, what do you what did you think, man, about about this episode? Yeah, no, I think this was, I mean, even stronger than last week's really good, really good episode. Yeah. So I haven't been on the show in a couple of weeks. I have a lot to say about Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, This episode was phenomenal. It really knocked Mm -hmm. my socks off. One of the characters who I've been enjoying the most throughout this show has been Carly Morgenthau. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has been tremendous as a representative of the Flag Smashers. This was an idea that there was a lot of pushback on when the uh, when the series first dropped, 
and the idea that maybe we'd be seeing like, oh, this is another one of those villain groups that I'm actually going to agree with. And maybe you do, but I think Carly is presenting both sides of the good and the bad of the Flag Smashers pretty effectively as the you know, front person for this group. You know, there's a lot of strong moments for the character here. We see how she cares about people and how she cares about, you know, the citizens of where she's from and the displaced people uh, post-blip. We see how she, how she values those people and her role in trying to uplift them. But we also see the darker elements of what she's doing, you know, She's making deals with the power broker, which is is obviously bad. He's yeah. a bad dude. Um, and she's willing to hurt people to meet her ends. Um, this episode, for me, really centered around that conversation that she has with Sam. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's the pulse of the whole season, I think, in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you really get a sense that she's not a bad person. She's hurting and she recognizes that the world is an unjust place and she wants to do whatever she can to make it right. I think in two ways, this could have gone wrong. For one, I think on concept, it sounds stupid where it's like, we want to return to the uh, pre-blip world. I think on face value, that sounds incredibly stupid because like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm. <laughs> you know, but this is where the other part, it can go wrong her as the representative of this group's ideology, you know, that's a tough, that's a, that's a tough role to play, I think, as an actor. And I think that's a tough character write, to write as a writer or a screenwriter. And I think in both aspects, the show and her deliver. Because when yeah. she talks about what they actually want, it actually makes a lot of sense because it's basically a, a post-scarcity situation. You know, she ex explains how like her towns and her cities and her country, you know, when the blip happened, like people all like around the world kind of came together to like survive what just happened with all these people disappearing, you know, like what, like 3 billion people disappeared on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. And as soon as everything came back, it all of a sudden just a lot of people got left in the wayside because what do you do? And all of a sudden there's a giant population surge like that show does a i mean the show does a good job of representing this and she does a great job of making it seem really relatable and really sympathetic and when her and sam talk what's great about that scene is sam is really exemplifying the qualities that we like so much in steve rogers in the mcu because that's a quality of captain america where you want sam to wind up by the by the time episode six is done it's a great point so all in all this shows doing a lot of things with that conversation that is really, really good. I think the character growth from Sam in this episode was, I mean, palpable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I loved, there were so many great Sam moments, uh, even just when he's speaking with Zemo and Zemo's asking him like, you know, would, were you ever offered the super soldier serum and would you have taken it? And he just emphatically answers, no, that's great. Um, this show is, is doing something really great with the legacy of Captain America, not just in the physical embodiment of the man, Steve Rogers, but how that cascades and what that means 
you know, to the world, what the super superhero soldier means, super soldier serum rather means in the world. And everybody's got a take on that. Yeah, it, 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 you're right. And, and Zemo is really interesting in how he's kind of, he's moving that, uh, he's moving that forward in, in an expository kind of way, but it's not, it's not bad. Like it's really, yeah. really good. Like, you know, when he breaks out of prison, he's reading Machiavelli and stuff. And when he's talking about how the super soldier uh, serum actually plays out in the world, he's referencing like Frederick Nietzsche. And he's basically talking about like a God complex, a person. It's like a person who wants power, the Machiavelli thing. Uh, you know, a person who seeks out power is perhaps not the person who should have power because mm -hmm. it seems like it's more of a selfish ambition than one that would benefit the community. And that way, you're juxtaposing, you know, U.S. agents, the new Captain America, with, you know, the Flag Smashers, who seem like their entire ideology is, uh, what is it, one world, one people? Yeah. And you would think that's an ideology that can be exploited by, like, a very um, selfish person, but that's not what we're seeing. So in that sense, we're seeing how people at either want or have or are already injected with the super soldier serum or behaving juxtaposed with steve rogers who's you know the prototype of all this um and then we're also seeing the juxtaposition of what it means to be captain america because we have steve rogers on one end we have the falcon on on the other and then we have the u.s agent who personifies all the worst qualities of what you could criticize the united states as a country and an ideology with yeah, so you bring up you bring up John Walker, uh, who who is you know the current Captain America, and I gotta say, you know Wyatt Russell, who's playing the character, has received a lot of uh, criticism, but it's not it's not like genuine criticism. It's people mad at the character who oh, are projecting great. that onto the human. That's, it's cool, but, but it's not. It's it's it, this isn't like wrestling, right? So like he didn't sign up for that. Yeah, he's not. That's not what he's doing. Um, and and he had to leave Twitter, I, I believe I read. Really, people are so angry about him. Wow, and it's it's really creepy that people react that way. But he is doing such a tremendous job, and this is the episode where we really see the turn, uh, the 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 full fledged heel turn. There were a lot of people saying, "Oh, you're jumping to conclusions. We don't know where the character's gonna go." No, come on obviously he was going to go here yeah. but i think they've done a masterful job getting him to this place and i was really really gripped by everything involving him in this episode he wants to be captain america so badly and you have to admire that aspect of him because that's a that's a you know that's something worthy to pursue the want to be like Steve Rogers is a worthy, like, that's a worthy ladder to climb. Aspiration, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know what? It's not like he really wants to be Steve Rogers. He wants to be Captain America. He wants to be his own Captain America. And what that means is a man who, he has a chip on his shoulder. He, you know, he has a persecution complex almost. Well, I mean, even, even their wars are different. Yes, you know, that's a good point too. It, uh, I saw a, a breakdown one time um, in 2012 when the Avengers came out, and it really analyzed that scene between Steve and Tony when they're having that conversation about Coulson. 
mm. after he dies. And, um, you know, it, it, it talks about how Tony would grow up, you know, probably just after Vietnam, I think. Mm. And he's grossly cynical of the government. He, you know, um, and, the, you know, and then he makes weapons himself. That's, I mean, you know, to a, a, another extent, that's what John Walker is. You know, he fought in a completely different war with completely different motives than Steve did. And he entered it with completely, well, maybe not completely different motives, but he fought in it with different motives. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting point because Steve Rogers entered a war. He fought the good, the great war, the good fight against uh -huh. uh, an ideology in, in a country that, you know, like pretty much the entire planet recognizes like the most evil thing to come of the modern of the modern world. Whereas even Johnny Walker, when he's when he's uh, when he's talking to uh, what's his name? Um, uh, his, his friend Lamar. Lamar, like they talk about the Afghanistan war in a much different light. Yeah, and, and, and again, like, even though John Walker's heel turn is, is solidified here, he's still not do the things that he has done, he hasn't done because he's a bad guy. Right. And it's important to remember that. This show is trying to, to tell us that a lot of times in real life, the villains and the heroes are really not that different. And John Walker aspires to be like the greatest hero ever yeah. the problem is that people learn the wrong lessons from people like like uh steve rogers you know you don't have the opportunity to sit there and learn under the tree you see the man you see the costume you see the shield and you think okay he runs around he kicks ass he saves you know ladies from trees or whatever he fights the good fight i can mm -hmm. do that and that's not all that it is, you know, like the, the most important thing I, I, what I always think about when it comes to Steve in the movies is that, and I, I think this is even true of the comics. He didn't want to be captain America no. so much as he wanted to be a soldier. He wanted mm -hmm. to fight the good fight. He wanted to, to do the right thing. Yep. And that made him the right candidate for being cap. Yes, and that's a good example of the scene that we see between Lamar and Johnny where, you know, Lamar is talking about how Johnny has like three uh, Medal of Honors, basically, but Johnny kind of shortchanges that, talking mm. about how like, you know, there were Medal of Honors in a, in a conflict that maybe wasn't morally just. He was in Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we see that through the the steve ideals through sam too you know uh, you 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 said you know uh you didn't get to study under the tree as it were but sam also you know helped usher other people through their pain yeah you absolutely. know through his you know his his uh his, his war therapy whatever they call that helping the soldiers through ptsd yeah um so you know he 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 knows pain and he and he wants to help stop that yeah both steve and sam have a capacity of empathy that we don't see in johnny and the other thing i think that's that merits mentioning is that when you wear the american flag as a costume as a uniform like steve rogers did and like johnny does that carries with it a lot of baggage because of the you carry the right. baggage of the united states right steve 
is able to kind of overcome the trepidation that people would see in that uniform if you live in another country by just being Steve Rogers. Johnny exemplifies and, 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 and makes it much worse when he shows up. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not a critique of the show necessarily, but maybe where the MCU was before in that, you know, they never really, really dealt with what it means to be Captain America to the rest of the world. Like, how does that look when you leave U.S. soil? And this show is confronting that. Carly says that the shield is, you know, representative of, uh, I'm paraphrasing. She essentially says it's representative of everything bad and it should be destroyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what the writers wanted us to get from that. Is that her opinion or is that kind of like how that's seen outside of the U S I guess you're supposed to look at um, her, her ally. Um, I, I think his name was Dovich. Um, I'm not, oh, I'm not yeah. positive, yeah. but um, he looks at the shield and he looks at Captain America and that's like his favorite hero or whatever. Yeah. So that's two different people who are from outside the U S who hate, but also, and then one hates it and then the other loves it. So we're getting these conflicting opinions. I would love to see how Steve Rogers had to confront things like that, but we don't yeah. get that. We will not get that. And you know, the ending scene of the episode is the, the great irony here. Her friend, like one of her closest confidants, talks about how he grew up idolizing Captain America and he meets a bloody, bloody death at the hands of Captain America at that shield. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a very uh, that got a visceral reaction out of me. I got up out of my seat. I, I it was a very powerful um, moment and image you know, and again, uh, hats off to, to the director, to the cinematographer, to everybody who, who put that together. Um, you know, watching Captain America kill somebody, I don't care who's in the costume, watching Captain America just kill somebody is like, you're not supposed to see that, you know, um, that got a huge reaction out of me. It, it's just mind blowing. Yeah, if you're the president of the United States or anyone like a high-ranking position, you see that going viral on every social media platform around the world, like you're losing your mind. Hmm. Although, who was the president when this this was filmed? I don't know who that is. When it was filmed? Oh, Trump. Oh, oh, well, I was going to say, I don't know. He was probably fine with it. (laughs) He probably hoped for more. He's on Twitter talking about. We're not going to do that. <laughs> be that as that. it may, it took a while to get to the point of of what you guys just uh, discussed at the end of the episode. But let's let's move back towards the beginning because we we start the episode from where we kind of left off. Uh, you know, Ao from uh, from Wakanda, one of the Dora Milaje, has come to to basically say, hey. Uh, what the hell's going on here? Why is Zemo working with you guys? Like, what is this? And, um, you know, we get a really interesting and, and kind of fun journey through, through looking at looking at what's going on through the Dormelage's eyes. Like, this is all wrong. This is completely wrong. You're working with Zemo. Uh, Captain America's nuts. What's going on here? Yeah. Um, and so we get, we get a, a good fight scene between the Dora Milaje, uh, John Walker, Lamar, Falcon, 
Winter Soldier. And in the middle of all of this chaotic uh, action, Zemo, who is becoming a lot of people's favorite characters through this show, just kind of casually slips out of the room, which was really awesome. He's the star of the show. He's not my favorite character necessarily, but he's the one that he he's stirring that drink, you know? He's the straw. Um, very funny how he slinks away out of this conflict. Um, I also really enjoyed how Falcon and Winter Soldier had zero intent to jump into that fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a good, like, kind of perspective of, like, cool, uh, should we leave too? Obviously, Sam wasn't gonna let that happen. He said, "You're doing strong, John." <laughs> <laughs> um, but, great yeah, fight, and the uh, the Dora Milaje totally make a bitch out of Johnny Walker. And and you know, yeah, we're talking about how he sort of you know snapped in this episode. He's dealing with an inferiority complex. Yes. It's difficult to look at this character and not sympathize with him, at least for me, on some level. He, you know, he's doing the wrong things, but you kind of get it. The, the the Captain America prior to him is like the greatest hero of all time, right? And meanwhile, you put the costume on and you're getting smoked by these non-superpowered women. And I don't say I don't say that to say, like, oh, you're getting beat up by a woman. In his mind, he probably does think about it that way. He probably does think, wait, they don't have the super soldier serum. It's one thing for me to get beat up by Carly. She's super powered, but they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just a chump. And so it makes total sense. And it was done so well when he decides he's going to take the super soldier serum himself. Yeah. I mean, he kind of patronizes them when they walk in. He does like the yeah. hand thing on their shoulder and that's like escalates the whole thing. But you know what? Uh, one of them uses their spears to like completely render his shield useless, just completely emasculated. And when it's all said and done, you know, he says to Lamar, they didn't even have superpowers. Right. Completely just shattered. Yeah. Exactly. Sean, you just said that he took the super soldier serum from Carly, uh, from the, you know, the hidden one or whatever. He stole it. He didn't ingest it. He he stole it. I thought the implication was that he had taken it because he was able to beat up um, one of the super powered people pretty easily. Wasn't that the idea? I I thought he, he just put it in his pocket. That's we never see him take it, but I thought the yeah. implication was that he was. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think that'll come later. I think he's going to roy it out now that Lamar's yeah, I gone. And... I, I didn't think he uh, injected it into himself. I am, my, my presumption is that he was going to eventually give it to Lamar, but I feel yeah. like his source of guilt is going to be over the fact that he didn't give it to Lamar. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I bet he's going to roy it out, and that'll be the plot of the next episode is him taking it and then having to get the shit kicked out of themselves to beat him. Yeah. Um, and again, just such a tremendous job uh, on the part of Wyatt Russell to really sell all these moments with the John Walker character. Like when he gets beat up and he gets his shield handed back to him yes. by one of the door Milaje, you can just see in his face that he feels emasculated by that whole situation and the gears are already turning man 
yeah he's gradually going crazy here yeah it, it's it's really sad to hear that he basically got bullied off twitter he's doing a phenomenal job of just being completely loathsome and there is a degree of sympathy like every time you get kind of an intimate moment with the character like there's an element where you feel a little sorry for him or you like you can sympathize with you know like a lot of this was kind of put on him like he didn't inherit the mantle it was just kind of bestowed upon him yeah you know uh and because like he was like a prodigal kind of figure but uh again the credit to his acting because that scene where he you know he's bloodlusted like how often do you see that like a hero completely bloodlusted yeah exactly um so let's talk about the 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 characters who are front and center uh falcon and winter soldiers so i have loved the portrayal of falcon and winter soldier both but as we go forward with this series there's a lot less focus on uh bucky he's not really front and center they they establish some of his personal conflicts in the first episode and all of that has kind of been abandoned um which i get like at some point the action has to begin at some point you gotta Mm. you know go and do things but it really feels like his conflicts, the personal stuff he's dealing with, are not really too important at this point. And a lot of the focus has been on Falcon. So how do you guys feel about Bucky now for issue four episodes rather deep into this episode or into this series? You know what? I, I feel like both his and Sam's personal conflicts are on the back burner. Like Sam with everything mm-hmm. in the boat and stuff. Mm-hmm um and they both come up intermittently so i think it was episode three where zemo has his little diary with all the people that he wronged that came up then this episode uh you know uh uh, uh kari calls uh, sam's sister and like kind of threatens her so like a lot of this stuff is kind of being kind of weaving back in and out but like the, the focus has been on their interpersonal drama because again, Bucky keeps pushing Sam to take up the mantle as Captain America and Sam's reluctance and, you know, not his guilt, but like he's being guilted by a lot of people basically. Yeah. I don't think the, um, the personal conflict that the, the, that Bucky has is the kind of thing that can be completely overcome in this story. But I think what it's going to serve is his acceptance uh, that that Steve has moved on, and uh, you know he by uh, what he said in the first episode, you know, uh, by Steve picking Sam and then Sam picking the shield back up, he's going to get that you know retroactive approval or whatever. But he's also going to act as you know, sort of Steve's right-hand man's approval of Sam for Sam, if if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, this, this episode does give us one moment that stuck out to me as it relates to Bucky. We know that he really cherishes the time that he spent in Wakanda. Yeah, I was thinking about and, that too. And uh, at the start of the episode, I believe... He's referred to as White Wolf. Mm-hmm. 
later after the conflict, he's referred to as James mm. by Ao. At least that that's what I caught. I don't know if maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought that's what I heard. And so for I took that to mean like, okay, well, we don't we don't value you. You're not welcome among our people the way you used to be. You can't just come in and take your shoes off, type of thing. That's an interesting um, observation. I didn't even catch that. That's true. I yeah, I caught that she called him James, but I didn't catch the significance of it. Yeah, that's interesting. So my my thinking there is like now his peace is taken away. Where does that leave him? Obviously, he's not just making regular trips to Wakanda, but maybe it it made him feel good that he was at least welcome there, that they were happy to see him there, and now he's an outsider again. So he has no home. Well, I mean, the most important thing that came out of this time with Wakanda was being deprogrammed, basically. Yeah, and that was a powerful uh, sequence in this episode as well. Yeah, Um it's kind of like the Wanda thing in, in, in WandaVision where it's like, I, I feel like coming out of this, he's going to have to find, like, he's going to have to build roots somewhere, you know? Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they follow up on the stories that are being told here, you know, in terms of like, what's, is there just going to be another season? Will this follow up in a movie? Um, because they are, you know, I think, I think you guys are right in that, like his personal conflict is not going to resolve here. And it probably won't really ever um, because then, then, then what, like, then you just go home. Yeah. Like then he just starts a family. Um, <laughs> but I wonder how they're going to continue to, to thread that needle with mm. the character as we move forward. I'll say this of a show of this quality so far, uh, this is something that I think lends itself to um, a serialized uh, like multi-season show. I agree. And I think this is the best, evidence we have uh mcu wise of when you can do a show and like make it work better than a movie in a long-term way like i don't think wandavision would have would work if you gave it a second season that wouldn't even make any sense mm. um but i think with this you definitely could do that yeah especially if you're gonna say all right now now sam is captain america you know and then that's the road they're going down yeah, and you know, I, I I'm often critical of the MCU, but this show has kind of scratched an itch that I kind of didn't realize I had, which is one of my favorite things. One of my favorite elements of the MCU is the stuff that was laid, the, the tracks that were laid in the Winter Soldier movie, mm. and this show is doing a lot of the kind of heavy lifting that was done by that movie as a kind of a continuation of the stuff that happened there and then in civil war um it's i'm happy that we're returning to those kind of stories and i could definitely deal with a lot more of them and have captain america and winter soldier as like this season two or something like i'm into it i'm totally with you uh i'm sold on this show this this has been a tremendous ride. I have no complaints. And look, a lot of people are complaining about the show right now. I've seen a lot of negative really? feedback. Yeah. A lot of negative feedback. Um, and I think that people who really, really love WandaVision feel a need to denigrate this show because of how linear it is. But for me, that's not a problem. Like I knew what we were getting into yeah. before the show came out. That's perfectly fine because yeah. it's, delivering every episode for me has been a gem and it gets better they keep ratcheting things up 
And I'm genuinely like super excited to see how these next two episodes play out. A lot of people say Winter Soldier is their favorite MCU movie. This is has so far been four hours of that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And it's a really annoying fan quality, I feel, when people really like something a lot and they elevate it, you know, they hold it up and they feel the need to hold something else down so that they can hold the other thing up higher. Why can't you just enjoy two things? Exactly. So we're going to leave it there. Uh, We've got two more episodes to go with Falcon Winter Soldier. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it and you're enjoying hear us speak about it every single week on We Watch Falcon Winter Soldier. Ah, I got Ah. it this time. Uh, if you want to let us know your thoughts, you can do so by writing to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social at the Comics Pals. Make sure that wherever you listen to us, whether it be YouTube or on a podcast hosting platform of your choice, you are subscribing to us, which is free, by the way, and uh, leaving us a rating. Those ratings help us out a ton. And again, totally free. If you want more from us, you can check out our weekly podcast, The Comics Pals, where we talk about these characters and tons more wherever you can find them. We talk about the news of the industry and all the upcoming movies and TV shows, etc. every week on Mondays when that drops. You can listen to our sister show, We Watch Invincible, where Pete regales us with, for very long periods of time, (laughs) with uh, how great that show is, and we're all on board for that. And of course, we review comics every single week. So if you are a regular comics reader or you want to know what you should be reading, listen to our comic book reviews where you're going to find out what the best comics are week in and week out. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care, guys. What a weird episode of We Watch WandaVision. I can't We Watch Watchmen. Watchmen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)